What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is episode number six of Grow the Buck Up. This is the second video in the financial series. One dollar equals one dollar. It's one of my favorite topics. It sounds really stupid simply because of how obvious it is, how simple it is. But at the same time, I think it's something that every single person can identify with and we can find tons of examples of this affecting us in our daily life. To start us off, I think it's important that we look at the cognitive bias of something called anchoring, which I believe is the root cause of these situations. Anchoring is when an individual relies too heavily on an initial piece of information offered. So I will give a fun example. Uh, a few years ago, Ron Johnson became the CEO of JCPenney. He was tired of all of the marketing techniques, the constant sales and coupons. They had marketing campaigns clashing and overriding each other, and it was confusing. And if you, if you went to JCPenney, go to JCPenney, go to Macy's, go to any of these stores, you see it all over the place, right? 50% off here, 30% off one item, buy one, get one free. If the three days only, everything and anything, there's always these crazy discounts and sales all over the store. He was tired of all of it. And he said, you know what? Instead of doing all of this deceptive marketing, we are just going to offer the lowest price on the rack. And we will just be honest and have steady prices and consumers will flock to the stores because they'll say, finally, somebody just wants to give me the item at the price it should be instead of all these markups and cut downs and I have to have the coupon. I know there's another coupon I should be using. This one's expired and all of this, forget it. Now, the JCPenney brand had always been about discounts. And by eliminating these markdowns, the new pricing strategy actually alienated the core customer base. This led to massive sales drops. And I believe in fourth quarter, the same, sto same store sales drops were like 32%. Uh, and this was in like 2012. And then he was immediately after that just fired. And they brought in, I believe, the CEO that was there prior to him, if I'm not mistaken. And this right here, in my mind, is the perfect example of showing why this, pops, this podcast episode exists. And a little bit of the irrationality of humans. Because if we look at it, Ron Johnson did nothing to the actual price of anything. In fact, he maybe even helped some customers out. Because they didn't quite hunt for the coupons enough or, you know, they, they would have come in with an expired coupon, couldn't quite get the deal and whatever it was. But what he did do was he removed the anchor. He removed all of the mind games that coupons and sales inspire and the urgency and the ability for the customer to win was now gone. So let's take a look at some of these real-life examples. I have a $200 watch that I'm going to sell you. Do you want this $200 watch? Maybe you say, yeah. Maybe a lot of you would say, no, I don't want to spend $200 on a watch. 
Now, I have a $500 watch, but I've got it marked down to $200 for the next three days only. Do you want the watch? I'm sure many of you would still say no, but there might be a little bit of an itch to go, oh, well, that's a really good deal. $500 watch for only three days. It's now $200. I could, I could get a steal right there. What if that $500 watch is marked down to $400, but you found this sneaky coupon for 50% off one purchase? That watch is now $200. You just found a $500 item that was marked down to $400, but you're going to sneak in there, and you are going to get another $200 off because of your coupon. The price of the watch hasn't changed in any of these examples. At the end of the day, you are paying $200 for the watch. All that has changed is how you see it, and this has changed greatly. This isn't just a small minor change. This is, I am now getting a fabulous deal that is only around for a certain amount of time, or maybe I'm getting a deal and I'm actually coming in and winning on this deal because I found a coupon for one purchase, 50% off, and they would never expect me to use it on this item right here. I snuck through and I'm using it on this watch. And now I have a nice $200 watch. And how I feel about that watch has also changed because I feel great about that watch. I go, wow, I got this watch on sale. And every time I look at it, I go, yeah, I snuck one past JCPenney. So when he got rid of all of these things and just said, it's a $200 watch, a lot of people lost that fun. They lost the excitement. They lost that relationship with it. They lost that ability to think they're winning, and they lost that anchored price of $500 that then they could compare it to. We very much compare things to the market price or the price that we expect something to kind of be, and a lot of times, the first price that we get thrown at us at us is the one that we are then going to go, oh, okay, well, that's what it should be. So if you say it's a $500 watch, I trust that it's a $500 watch. Humans naturally trust that initial pricing. And thus, we're very susceptible to all of these marketing techniques. Another example. Let's say you go to a nice restaurant. You look at the menu. You see, oh, $30 steak, you know, $35 ribeye, whatever. $75 lobster tail. What in the world? That's ridiculous. Who would pay $75 for a lobster tail? $18 chicken? Yeah, I'll get the $18 chicken dish. The goal of that restaurant is not to sell the lobster tail. It was to normalize the price of the rest of the menu. Because you look at that $75 lobster tail and you go, that's outrageous. And then you immediately after look at that $18 chicken dish and go, yeah, that doesn't seem too bad. But if you take away that lobster, you take away those expensive items, and then you walk in and look, pick up a menu, and it just says $18 chicken, you go, $18 for this chicken dish? That's a little bit expensive, isn't it? All of a sudden, your mindset changes. But when they come out and say, our food is worth $75 at the high end, you go, oh, well, $18 is, isn't too bad, and I'm going to get something pretty good out of it. 
When you come in and they say $18 is our high-end dish, you go, $18? Whoa, that's a bit much. I mean, let's get like a $12, $13 dish. By simply changing that anchored price there, it adjusts how you feel about spending money on anything else there. Now, you can also reverse this technique. There's something called the decoy pricing model technique. Let's pretend that I have my book. I have the digital copy of the book available for $10. I have a soft copy of my book available for $15. And I have the soft copy and digital copy of the book available for $15. Now you say, wait a second, is that a mistake? It's only $15 for the soft copy, but it's $15 for the soft copy and the digital copy. I can get both of those for $15. That's a great deal. No, that's simply me playing with your mind again. And studies show that would lead to more people buying the soft copy plus the digital copy. The middle option, the soft copy of the book middle option, is just a decoy. It purely exists to show you that the third option is a good deal that you should buy because it's the same price, but you're getting more. And so you go, wow, I'm going to go with option three because I'm getting a great deal. And just like that, you can use the reverse of it to upsell somebody. So now that we've learned a little bit more about some marketing techniques, we've learned a little bit more about um, these biases and, and ways that we can be manipulated. And it's, oh, it's all right. Don't feel bad if you've ever done anything, ever bought anything on sale or ever, you know, and thought, oh, no, everything's ruined now. It's fine. We all, it happens to all of us. Um, it's not the end of the world. And a lot of times we still get what we want in the end anyways, right? I could say, well, I really wanted that watch. I would have paid $200 for it. I would have paid $300 or $400 for it. So I was fine having that watch, right? But now it's important that we recognize how we imp implement these in our lives. And thus we have this episode because I think it's great to simply see the ways that these biases exist. And when then when you look back and reflect on them, you can maybe make adjustments in the future. So let's think about some purchases or decisions that I've recently made. Some of these are true, and then a couple are thrown in just for the sake of this example. I went to Chipotle. I got a burrito. It was $7.50. I wanted guacamole, but it was $3 more. I said, ah. That's not quite worth it for me. So I for I for went that and simply got my seven fifty seven dollar fifty cents burrito. I went out to dinner the other night. The total bill was forty two dollars. I got a Coke for two ninety nine. That was a part of the bill. I saw a board game I wanted to buy three years ago. It cost thirty five dollars. I still haven't bought it. And I still want to buy that board game. I went to a hockey game. I wanted to sit lower level. So the tickets were about 80 bucks a piece. While I was there, I bought a $10 crappy pizza and a $5 bottle of water because I was thirsty and hungry. I want to buy a house. I find one for $210,000, but 
but my budget and what I wanted to pay was really only about $200,000. I end up working with the guy a little bit and settling on $205,000. Though I'll need to put in a new fence, probably about $2,000, $2,500, and do some other work as well. I went to the store. I wanted to grab some Cokes, but at $3 for a pack of six, I passed it up. You know, I probably shouldn't shouldn't get that much Coke. I don't, I, don't, I don't need that. I mean, that's just, you know, we're just adding on to the bill at that point. Netflix raised their price from $11.99 a month to $13.99 a month. I canceled my Netflix. Too much. Too much per month. Now let's take a look at those examples again, and let's take a look at the dollar values. I spent $7.50. I saved $3 to deny myself the guacamole. I spent $42, and then I spent $3 during that $42 on Coke. I saved $35 and never got the board game. I spent $160 and then spent $15 on cheap food. I spent five grand more on that uh, on the house, and then 2K on the fence and other repairs. Then I saved $5, $3, excuse me, by not buying that six pack of Coke. And I saved $2 a month for $24 a year in savings when I went from Canceling that Netflix by not upgrading. Now, these examples varied greatly, but it's for emphasis because, in a lot of instances, especially when the sums get larger, we start to care less about the small amounts. What's the difference between 200,000 and 205,000? We get very percentage-based at that point and say, well, it's not very much of a difference. It's $5,000. That's what the difference is between $200,000 and $205,000. I could get infinite guacamole at Chipotle for the rest of my life, pretty much. I, and so, unless I go, like, every day. But if I'm just going, you know, every now and then, once a week, whatever, I could get guacamole every single time I went for the rest of my life for $5,000. I could get not only the board game I want, but every other board game I've ever wanted and probably will ever want and still have money left over for $5,000. That is 30 years of Netflix. And I'm, I'm sure there's probably price increases along the way. But 20 years, 20-something years of that? That's what $5,000 is. But when you look at it just in terms of the large sum, you go, ah, you know, 200000 205000 What's the difference? Right? $5,000. That's the difference. Now, there's definitely a market and fair value for an item. But at the same time, there's not really. That's just an effect of the market. It has to kind of settle in a specific, in a certain area. But anything should be worth whatever you determine for yourself and not what other people agree on. Let's take a $5 coffee versus a 99 cent app on your phone. The market says a $5 coffee is worth five times as much as that app on your phone. 
but I can almost guarantee you're probably going to get more value out of that app than out of that coffee. And I highly doubt anybody, even if they get more value out of the coffee, is getting five times the value out of that coffee than out of that app. And I'm sure people are going to be like, nobody pays $5 for coffee. It's $2.50. It's $3. Whatever. That's not the point. The point is look and compare these prices and these things and start to gain your own determination and start to come up with your own decision of what is this worth? What is the true value of this? And where am I just giving into not even thinking about the value of it? Just accepting, well, that's just what it is. And so that's what I'm going to pay and, and that's fine. I think this is how so many Americans, so many people in the world just blow through budgets. Just don't even realize what they're doing because they're just saying, well, I'm just living my life in a very normal way. And I'm not going out and doing crazy purchases or all the, anything like that. I'm just, I'm just going out and buying things. And that's just what the price of things are and stuff. Rather than looking and saying, what are ways that I could adjust this? What are ways that I could determine value and maybe even treat myself in other ways while saving a ton of money instead of not really treating myself but just paying the standard amount that's expected over there? Let's look at the decision of a $42 dinner or that $3 Coke. That $42 dinner costs more than that $35 board game. That $35 board game, I would get many hours of fun out of. Whilst that $42 dinner, I get maybe an hour, two hours of fun. Sure, there's a little bit of that nice experience with it. It's also food, so you have to bring into the account of well, I have to eat anyways, but I could be adjusting that eating, right? I could get a meal with the same amount of nutrients and supplement and everything right there for $8, $6, right? I could, I could change those out and there would be plenty of savings still. That $3 Coke that I bought at the restaurant because, hey, my bill's already 39 bucks. What's a $3 Coke? That's one-sixth the Coke of that six-pack that I could have got at the store for the same price. Are those six Cokes worth of value really less valuable than that one Coke at the restaurant? Maybe it enhances the experience. Does it enhance it six times as much? That's the question. As humans, we make many emotional and impulsive decisions. And a lot of them are just based on very quick thoughts. We just get anchored to a price. We don't really sit down and compare the true value of the dollar to the joy we get from it. And we're very willing to throw money at certain things, yet we're so worried about others. How many times have you agonized over some sort of steam game or, you know, mobile app. or I think those are easy ones to, to point at. And then gone on and had a $100 dinner and gone, ah, well, that's, you know, price of a nice steak. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. 
But it's it's how we all it's how how we all act. I am not immune to this either. I act this way plenty of times. And especially when there are deals to be had, when you can say, oh, well, that watch was $500, but I got it for $200. You enjoy that feeling of winning. You enjoy getting a good deal, even if you actually don't need or didn't want that watch initially. I never had the realization or the, what, I never sat down and went, man, I need, I need a watch so badly. I was just maybe walking through and I went, man, I could, use a, I could use a nice watch when I saw that great deal. When I saw the watch and saw the deal and then I make the impulsive buy and now I have the watch. And, oh, well, maybe it's something I didn't actually need or want. It's always important to come back, centralize yourself and remember that these dollars are all the same, especially when they hit your budget. At the end of the month, your budget just says, you spent $6,500 this month. And it doesn't matter if you got Chipotle guac every single week, or you bought a crappy pizza and a bottle of water at a hockey game, it's $15 either way. And that reflects in your budget. So when you go back and look at your budget, remember this. Look at all of your expenses and start to recognize the places that you could probably improve your life for the cost of maybe something that's not that important in your life. At the same time, think about all the places that you could just simply cut expenses that don't really bring the same amount of joy. Instead of always looking at the market price or looking at an anchored price or a price that somebody gives you first, just determine how you feel it should be priced. Think to yourself, what is the value that I really would be getting out of this? And is that worth it to me? Before you even go and check those prices. Because otherwise, you're going to succumb to, to a bias. The marketing tactic. It's going to affect you. The second that you see that price, it's going to give, have an impact on how you're going to think about it. Even something crazy like, Wow, that hockey, let's say I go to the hockey game and the seat in front of me is $1,500 and my seat is $100. I can go, holy cow, I got a great deal on these seats. Purely because I looked and saw the price of the seat right in front of me. That I'm letting that impact my thought completely. So before I even look at that, I need to go, what's a price that I would want to pay for a hockey seat to sit somewhere, here or there or whatever it is? And I can say, I think it would be reasonable to spend $50 on a hockey seat. I don't want to spend any more than that. Then I can go and I can look at the prices, and if I eventually find a $50 seat, I can say, does that seat seem like it's worth the value? Yes or no? And then I can make that decision now based off of the information that I've determined prior rather than just letting it influence me. At the same time, when you're looking at your budget and you're looking at these past expenses, it's important to forgive yourself because I promise you, you are going to have expenses that weren't worth it at all. There's going to be times where you've lost money and it was just for nothing, basically. It's in the past. It's all right. It sucks. Sure. It's not the end of the world, though. 
right? Instead of feeling horrible about this and wanting it back or whatever it is, just simply look at it as a way to improve yourself going forward. Recognize the places that you spent money and now make a true, honest determination of what the dollars spent were and where they would be more valuable maybe. Take some time and think about the joy per dollar gained. And this is something that I'll talk about in the future, actually next week. But at the same time, this is something that uh, I'll give a little bit of an example for. I wrote this out in an Excel sheet one time. I simply marked down the cost of the event or activity, the time of fun gained or spent during the event, The concert was three hours. I'll count that as three hours of fun. The board game I got 30 hours of playtime out of. I'll count that as 30 hours of fun, whatever it is. And then I would add in my own fun factor on the end of it just to kind of help balance a little bit, right? And you don't have to add that fun factor. That's just if you wish to. And so I would simply do hours of fun divided by cost times my fun factor. So, for instance, let's take that board game. I got 30 hours of fun out of, out of a board game. It cost me $35. And I would give it a fun factor of 6. I, you know, I'm usually going from like 1 to 10. I like board gaming a lot. I'll give it a fun factor of 6. And that gives me a fun score of 5.1. Now, let's take that dinner. I got one hour of fun out of it. It cost me $42. I'll even subtract off $10 just for I have to eat dinner anyways. So let's pretend like $10 is my normal amount that I would eat dinner. One hour divided by 32. I'll give it a fun factor of eight. Let's say it was a fantastic dinner and it tasted great. That still gives me a eventual score of 0.25. It's very difficult for me to rationalize almost when I look at those numbers, that dinner at $42. I go, wow. I either have to have a crazy high fun factor on it, like crazy high, and this is once again is where you can adjust your fun factor. Maybe it runs all the way up to 100 or something. Do what you wish. But I either have to enjoy this a crazy amount or... Maybe I should look at, you know, getting that board game instead of going out to that dinner. Maybe I buy that board game and I sacrifice one hour at one dinner. And now I have so much more fun with this board game. And like I said, I'll discuss this more in my next podcast. This whole joy per buck. But this is just to give you an idea of helping to determine that real value for yourself. Now, as a word of caution, this can become a little bit dangerous, right? It's become a little bit dangerous if you take it too far. You can work yourself into a hole where you never want to spend any money, where you become so cheap, where you ruin relationships, or you make others feel like they're being taken advantage of. Don't get too far into this, right? Sometimes for the sake of a relationship or more important things in life, It's worth spending the extra dollar. And maybe when you do your calculation, you include that in part of your fun factor. You say, I've multiplied by my fun factor, but now I'm going to multiply by my my relationship factor as well. 
Maybe that is worth a lot to me. And so it's worth spending this money. Nothing's 100% concrete. This is simply a guide to help you identify how you're spending your money now, why you're maybe spending it certain ways, and how you can improve your happiness while at the same time spending less by purely recognizing the simple truth that $1 is always equal to $1. Now I'm going to challenge you this week to find one expense that you could go without and instead switch that money into something that would be a fun treat and improve your life. So I want you to do that minor calculation. You don't have to go crazy with it, but just do a small calculation and say, what's something that I could do right now that I could cut, an expense I don't care that much about, isn't really worth that much to me, and instead treat myself either one time or many times, whatever it is. If I cut $15, maybe I get guac five times at Chipotle. Wow. You know? So do something like that. Post below, let me know what it is. I love hearing uh, how people take these challenges and what they do with them. And of course, tune in next week for our episode, Gain the Most Joy Per Buck, which, as you can expect, is very, very similar to that calculation and just really takes a deep dive into how we go about really determining all of these things. As always, you can find my, my podcast live on Twitch, on my YouTube at youtube.com slash growthebuckup, on any of the popular podcast feeds, or on my site, www.growthebuckup.com. That's all I have for now. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to grow the buck up.